0: Good evening, Lehigh Valley. This is Lehigh Valley Discourse, and you are listening to Wellness Lehigh Valley. I am your host, Sally Hanlon. Wellness is important to a balanced lifestyle, and more and more, we as humanity are figuring out how certain elements can lead to positive results. From mental health to the environment, including all things that can affect your wellness, I am happy to invite you into conversations on ways to improve or think differently about wellness in our Lehigh Valley. And this evening, the program that we're focusing on is keeping our water healthy. Overall, worldwide, we are hearing much more these days about the condition of our water sources. The ocean is heating up, ice caps are melting, the Colorado River has receded considerably, farm irrigation is being questioned, and water pollution, whether it's microplastics, road salt, fracking, litter. Can all this be attributed to human activities, to climate change? What is the status of waters in Pennsylvania and the Lehigh Valley, and what can we as individuals do and so I am so happy to bring tonight our guest, Brad Kunzman, who is with the Penn State Extension Service. He's the extension educator. He is a one of five water resource folks for the state of Pennsylvania, and he's a master watershed steward. Brad, welcome.
1: Thank you, Sally. It's a pleasure to be here on the show.
0: Yeah, and it's great. And I guess I should say as disclosure, I was a participant in one of Brad's programs this past year on – watershed steward and I am so impressed with what our county our Lehigh Valley is doing as well as Penn State Extension particularly in this but we're going to learn more about other services at the Extension Service as well but before we do Brad why don't you share a little bit about you you're so busy and all (laughs) over the place and I'd like our listeners to understand what dedication you have to what you're doing.
1: So I've been with the Penn State Extension Service for roughly 16 years, and I've worn a few different hats while I've been there. Um, My background is in youth environmental education, and I started my role with the university as a 4-H and youth development educator um, in just Northampton counties, and then over time my role grew, and I started doing some adult education and getting involved uh, at greater levels with various different organizations to help expand our land grant mission. So here in the Lehigh Valley, I coordinate the Master Watershed Steward Program, which we're so happy to have you in that program. But I'm also a statewide water resources educator. And like I said, my background is in youth, so I do a lot of youth water education. And those initiatives stretch from uh, Ohio to New Jersey, from, (laughs) from everywhere in between. But more locally here, since I am a resident of the Poconos, I serve on the Watershed Coalition of the Lehigh Valley as a director. I'm engaged in Quiet Valley Living Historical Farm on their board of directors and serve their environmental committee. I also am uh, on the DCNR's Lehigh Valley Greenways Leadership Committee here, um, which they do a lot of great work across our communities. And the last thing is recently, just as COVID set in, I became a committee member and day planner of the Delaware River Sojourn. So and I, and <laughs> we're and really I, engaging people in our local water resources uh, in addition to our volunteer programs.
0: And so. that Sojourn, I was able to join with Brad this past year with part of the Sojourn program, and that is amazing. But what he also didn't say is he has two little ones as well. No, oh, that I do.
1: <laughs> um, so we, we stay very busy. We have an active family, and I extend my water resources and environmental Passions beyond the workplace. I do a lot of ecotourism. Enjoy the waterways. My kids are fully immersed in it as well. They get to tag along to programming. And, oh, wow. um, my my wife actually has a background in environmental sciences as well. So, one big environmental family. Uh, she too is a master watershed steward. So. Okay. All <laughs> um,
0: right. So that's so you know. Listeners, what we're getting with Brad and his programs and the scope of what he does, I would like you now to understand a little bit more about the Penn State Extension. And I was so impressed with the quality of what this organization does with the Watershed Master Program, but there are other programs, too. So could you explain a little bit about Penn State Extension for us?
1: Yeah, so it all starts with the 1862 Morrill Act, which founded the land-grant university system in ag schools with Penn State being one of the first. Um, fast forward to 1914 with the Smith-Lever Act, which created the Cooperative Extension Service. And we've been existence over the past century, uh, constantly learning and adapting to our present day community needs. The nice thing about extension is with our modernization, we're still dedicated to delivering science-based information to all of our people's businesses and communities across the Commonwealth. We like to provide face-to-face, but we learned a lot through the pandemic, and our online education really skyrocketed to bring that information to our customers across the state. That said, our focused engagement will widely connect people uh, through various different articles and online resources, both free and for payment. We do also have... um, a lot of volunteer programs. Mm -hmm. So the Master Watershed Steward Program, which I coordinate being one of them, the Master Gardener program across the Commonwealth. We have the 4-H and youth development programs where I got my start. Um, And those programs that I just mentioned, those volunteer programs are all here in the Lehigh Valley. In addition to having educators that focus on horticulture, food families and community, we have the state's first ever apiculture educator based here in the Lehigh Valley. The other hat I wear with water resources, so helping with drinking water and um, watershed restoration and preservation, The beauty of the system at Penn State, though, is though we have programs based locally, all the programs at Penn State, that includes our agronomy, forestry, livestock and equine, energy, community, business, vitality. Though they might not be based here in the Lehigh Valley, we have educators that will come to the Lehigh Valley as that cooperative agreement to bring those programs to our residents.
0: And I have found over time that it is a great resource, even for individual businesses, if they're looking to do something which might impact The area, Um, and I know that uh, the Northampton County Conservation District has worked with some of my clients when they're looking to expand their facilities or whatever. I mean, there is great knowledge out there that even individual companies should be aware of.
1: Yeah, so we leverage our relationships That's part of our cooperative nature. So in addition to being from the federal government all the way down to local government, we partner with a lot of government organizations like the conservation districts you mentioned, but a lot of private partnerships that if a clientele has has the drive and need for assistance in one of our various topic areas, they can reach out to us and we either get the answer for them through our research, or we connect them to the right partner. Okay,
0: and here in the Lehigh Valley, Brad, there's an office both in Northampton and Lehigh counties, Yeah,
1: so the Allentown office is right next to Dorney Park, so easy to find on Dorney Park Road. And then in Northampton County, the office is right on the Gracedale Complex. So if you are looking for them, our doors are open Monday through Friday, and you can find us that way. Uh, But we do ask that you give us call just to be sure someone's there since we are a field office and folks are in and out all
0: oh, the time. Great, that's a great point. So now let's get into water. Let's roll up our sleeves and <laughs> and really move it around. So when we talk about water sources. Um, there are several levels within a watershed area. And Pennsylvania, as I learned in your course, has six watersheds, the three top being Ohio, Susquehanna, and Delaware. And we in the Lehigh Valley touch on Susquehanna and Delaware. Um, Why is it important for our listeners to understand the components and the various roles of a watershed and how their actions impact it?
1: Well, we all live in a watershed, you know, that's kind of the quintessential question here, right? So if we're living in a watershed, everything we do within that watershed impacts the water resources somehow. And that can be both surface water that we see flowing in our bodies of water like streams and rivers and lakes and ponds. Um, But that's also the groundwater, anything that's below our feet that we might be tapping into and we all need water to live. So it's important to steward these precious resources. Um, There's only so much fresh water, um, and it's constantly being recycled through the system. Um, The water that's in you and me has been reused over the millennia for various different forms of life. So yes, it's renewable, but we need to treat it well so it continues to be a good resource for us.
0: And to, to make it renewable that's good quality.
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of water quality standards out there, Um, and we'll be touching on those uh, through this dialogue.
0: Okay, and, you know, when we're talking about water quality and the watersheds, one of the important areas I learned about, obviously, is the role of the wetlands in a watershed, because I've seen so much development around here in the Lehigh Valley, which sort of is on the fringe of and sometimes has really gone into a wetland area. What are these areas? Can you explain to our listeners? And what effect does it have when when we build too close to it or have problems, you know, with it?
1: All right. So a wetland is... I like to say like a natural sink or recharge area so it's a basin usually at the lowest end in the watershed that's holding large volumes of water Um, and it provides beneficial plant and wildlife habitat first and foremost right before human interaction Um, and in some cases it's home to more sensitive and threatened species. Um, So the runoff we might be seeing from our parking lots and a lot of this development if it's not making it into directly into a larger body of water, like those um, rivers and streams and lakes and ponds that we can visibly see, it might be sinking to the lowest area within that watershed where it's going to sit. It's probably gonna be a marshy, wet, swampy area where water is saturating the soils and it's being held in those soils so it's not rushing right to those larger bodies of water.
0: OK, and, and there's sort of a filtration process with that. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So the importance of wetlands is they help with flooding and erosion control and allow water time to infiltrate into the ground instead of rushing out into our systems where they can kind of wreak havoc and lead to some more pollutants. So that, acts, that sink and filter acts also like a sponge. So it's sucking up a lot of those pollutants. It's slowing that flow. Um, And, you know, when it's holding that water there, it's also sometimes that water that's being recharged in the ground through that wetland, it might become a water supply for a person somewhere down the road. But first and foremost, it's beneficial to wildlife, back to that original component of the wetland. So if we don't have these areas, we don't have that sensitive wildlife or plant life in those areas. Now, you had mentioned at the beginning, like all of the different development we have, um, there can definitely be land use impacts coming off of parking lots or um, from people's regular interaction, like driving vehicles and um, engaging in even their backyard daily uses. So if they're fertilizing their lawn, those things can affect those wetland areas.
0: Ooh, listeners, a lot, a lot to think about here. So as you look and drive around, we know we're really fortunate in the valley with all of the open space that we still have and have preserved. But there is also the potential, you know, the amount we've, we've heard on a planned Lehigh Valley about all the businesses and uh, warehouses that have put in uh, requests to have buildings and facilities here. So Let's think about that a little bit more as um, we look at our future here in the Valley and the importance of these areas to us. And we're going to take a short break right now. And you are listening to Wellness Lehigh Valley with our guest, Brad Kunzman. He's the Extension Educator. He does water resources, and he is part of the Master Watershed Stewart Program. So please stay tuned. We've got more information to share with you.
1: Connect to WDIY with our streaming app. Download for free from the Apple or Google store and enjoy the great music, news, and programs that you love on the go. The easy to use app is where you can listen to WDIY live or your favorite music shows on demand with our two-week archive feature. Download and share the WDIY app with your friends and family and introduce them to many choices, real voices.
0: You have vinyl albums, 45s, or CDs on your shelves that are taking up space and gathering dust? Why not donate them for a good cause? WDIY will receive profits from the donation and you can claim a tax deduction. For more information or to arrange for a drop off or pickup, call 610 694 8100 Extension 3 or visit wdiy.org. Welcome back to our Wellness Lehigh Valley Discourse Program. We are talking about the Lehigh Valley Extension Services that are available through Penn State And we're talking with our guest, Brad Kunzman, who's Extension Educator. He works with Water Resources Statewide and Master Watershed Steward Program. And before the break, we were talking about the importance of our wetlands and the fact that they help protect and they help to filter and they help to recharge all of our water sources. And as a note here, Brad had mentioned in the first part of the program that, you know, we are drinking water that was perhaps millennial years. Years old, and when I was doing some research on water, it like hit me between the eyes that I could be drinking water that the dinosaurs drank.
1: That is so true. <laughs> it was is. like, whoa, okay, uh, all right. Every everything is reused throughout the water cycle, including through you. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> well, that you know that really just sort of uh, <clears throat> struck me as something very interesting, something I never knew. So let's talk about more locally, Brad, what are the conditions of our Lehigh Valley and Pennsylvania waterways and the quality? What, what do we know?
1: So um, the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection looks into those numbers annually, and I pulled up a map recently, and it looks like about half the Lehigh Valley streams are considered impaired, meaning there's some sort of pollution in that stream, which is not letting that stream meet water quality standards.
0: Okay. All right. And listeners, you hear from uh, a lot of resources about microplastics and all that kind of stuff. And I just want to alert you to the fact that there was a show done on Char Chronicles recently that really dealt with microplastics. So we're not going to deal with that tonight because Karen's show went into that. But aside from what we cause with microplastics uh, from air pollution and rain chemicals, what other human actions have been the largest contributors to affecting the quality of our water here in the Valley
1: well some of the largest factors affecting our water quality is nutrient overload so nutrients can come from pet waste lawn fertilizers uh, wastewater like if you have an on-lot septic system parking lot runoff which we slightly touched on when we were talking about some of the development in our wetlands agricultural operations and that's just to name a few and another and the biggest which is a natural pollutant but accelerated due to heavy precipitation and human activity is sedimentation And sedimentation is essentially the erosion of the land mass getting into the stream, so small particulate of soil and rock components, sands, that coats the bottom of our waterways and it creates an anaerobic Mm -hmm. uh, environment Mm -hmm. and organisms can't thrive in that, which if there's no thriving organisms, that ecosystem isn't very healthy.
0: Yeah, I remember one year, it was actually winter, but I was near a pond and it has never been dredged, so it's been there for centuries and all the fish were dying. And it was just so sad to see. And I figure that probably what happened, there wasn't enough space between the surface water that froze and where they could habitat during the, the winter season. And it's just so important to realize these things. We just take so much for granted.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, we all use water every day, right? Mm-hmm. So when we're using that water, it's a essential life source for us. So we're like, oh, we think this is safe. But the question is, does it meeting standards? Um, And that goes for um, the water that we see, but also the water that we might be pumping, like out of ground to Mm -hmm. use in your household.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I know I'm on a well septic system in my household, uh, former farmland area. And so I, I became very aware of certain things that I needed to do based on attending the Watershed Master Program mm-hmm. and have hopefully rectified that. But I can't say my neighbors have. So <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> all we crazy. can do is teach them. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And hopefully everybody has an inquiring mind. So one of the things that I think is has been beat into our heads is that when we talk about conserving water quality, conserving water usage. As individuals and families, there are certain things that we're always told about not leaving the water running, how we wash our clothes, plant native plants. And let's talk about plant native plants. Why is that so important, Brad?
1: Well, so there are a lot of invasive species that we could inadvertently put in that might end up becoming a detriment to the environment. And if you see these beautiful, but invasive plants growing along our waterways, called like Japanese knotweed, it was brought as an ornamental, um, and it was to look great in your yard. But the implications of that is when it starts to spread, it has really deep roots. Its rhizomes spread far and wide, and it outcompetes the natural environment. And therefore, we don't have the native species which support our native wildlife populations because everything's connected within that web.
0: Correct, and I and I've learned over time that native plants can survive better. In the environment that they're in, like if it's not a rainy summer or if it is a rainy summer, they have the ability to sort of adapt where we need them to
1: adapt. That's for sure. So it's kind of this uh, double edge, right? Mm -hmm. So you have those invasive plants that are highly adaptable, can go anywhere. They outwit all the native species. But to your point about the native plants, they are well adapted to the environment. So say Pennsylvania was in a drought period for a really long time. Maybe – And hopefully some of those invasive species wouldn't survive, whereas the native species that are adapted to this ecozone would in fact prevail, and then continue providing that important wildlife habitat.
0: Well, now let's get on to the other reason for this question, and that was, what can we as individuals and families do to help conserve and preserve the quality of our water in our communities?
1: Well, so when it comes to the regular household uses, you've named many of the classics, like the plumbing fixtures and high-efficiency appliances, which um, there's other factors at play that are helping us get there. So when you go and buy a new appliance, chances are it's using less water. When you install a new faucet, it's using less water, so it has restrictors in it. But it's always good to be conscious about how much you're using. So you're listening today. Maybe it's time to check your fixtures and see if are there any of them leaking. You could be using more water than you need. Does your toilet have a low flow setting? Can you change that over? Does your faucet have a screen in it that's restricting the flow? Do you have shower fixtures that might still be putting out pressure, but it's less water for the amount of pressure that's coming out of that? If it's not, it might be time for an update because that update, in addition to helping our water resources, could help you save a little bit of money, especially depending on your uh, water source. Outdoor water conservation is also helpful. So you could collect water via a rain barrel. Okay. And if you use a rain barrel, you can use that water from the rain barrel to water your gardens, wash a vehicle, do other outdoor activities. They're not recommended for drinking though. So stay <laughs> right. away from that. And then you can also use that water for like cleaning of your home. If you wanna hook a pump to it and pressure wash your home with that um, rainwater instead of using the groundwater supply or your public supplier, which In turn, helps you conserve some water. Other tools we have, both available online and print, we have what's called the Roadside Guide to Clean Water. And this guide helps you understand and identify some of the best management practices in your community for water quality. And it's applicable to all types of home and landowners from urban to rural. The guide touches on rain gardens and meadows, which are great recharge areas, riparian buffer zones, which help protect our bodies of water, anything from streams and rivers, lakes and ponds. And we have a lot of those here in the Lehigh Valley. So when you're out and about, keep an eye on how much vegetation is between the body of water and where you're standing. Sediment barriers. So you had touched on different construction sites here across the valley. Proper BMPs is having a barrier to stop that sediment from getting into our waterways or maybe making it down to the wetland areas. Um, Grass waterways and retention ponds, uh, many of our Lehigh Valley residents live in highly populated developed areas, and some of the best management practices there are having areas for the water to recharge into the ground or not escape too rapidly to get into one of our bodies of water. Um, Proper pet waste disposal. This is an important one. If you have a pet, make sure you're scooping the poop Um, (laughs) (laughs) because there's a lot of things in there. In addition to the nutrients from the waste, there could be harmful bacteria in that pet waste. And the guide has really easy to follow icons that tell you how these best practices are beneficial to our water resources. So it'll tell you if it's a groundwater recharge, if it's mitigating runoff, if it's reducing pollution, supporting climate change resiliency, even supporting wildlife habitat, and of course, to many homeowners, if it's providing some cost savings how do I get this guide? So um, (laughs) you can access all of our extension resources by going to extension.psu.edu and just type in roadside guide. It'll be the first thing that pops up uh, when you hit in our search bar there. Online, there's a bunch of videos and articles that go along with it. If you're interested in a print version of that, you can order the print version right online. Um, Or some local extension offices do have this guide on hand that you can get in one of our foyers.
0: Okay. You know, I notice Brad, when I'm walking my dog, um, and of course I have bags in every single coat I have, but um, I need to carry garbage bags with me so that I can pick up the litter along the road because somehow that infects the water. It impacts wildlife. They could eat those plastic bags or, you know, and it, it breaks down so slowly. So, we should have more than just one Arbor Day or one one day that everybody gets out and cleans up the streets.
1: So for me, every day is a water day. And I, I believe that everyone should feel that way because it is one of the most important resources. We wouldn't be out here without water. It's required for our everyday functions. So if you see something like you're doing, and I implore our listeners to do this too, is if you see some waste, pick it up. Put it in the right recycling bin or the trash receptacle, or even better yet, if it's something paper, compost it. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. You know, there's, there's <clears throat> things we can do. We just have to stop and look just in our immediate areas. If everybody did that around their particular uh, home or their neighborhood, it could make things so much better.
1: Oh, yes. It would make a huge impact, and it gives give you something every day to look forward to. <laughs> I, it's, a, it's, a, it's another task that's helping improve your neighborhood.
0: Can you share with our listeners some of the projects that the Watershed Program, Watershed Master, Watershed Steward Program, does throughout the year? Like I know some of the people in my class were doing special projects like road salt and some other things and planting. What types of projects?
1: Yeah, so our Master Watershed Steward Program, I touched on that a little bit before I dive into the projects. It's a volunteer corps of educated volunteers. They go through a 40-hour training and after that 40-hour training, we asked them to engage in projects across the <laughs> Lehigh Valley to have that return on investment. And um, the return on investment, those projects are helping install new riparian buffers across the valley. So that can be in the form of streamside meadows, that can be shrub and tree plantings, um, that can be helping install bioswales. So that if you get a roadside guide, you'll see what those are, But Uh, A bioswale is a naturally native plant, planted swale, or basin. Um, We have the chemical testing. So we do a lot of stream testing across the Lehigh Valley um, to monitor our streams. And uh, some of those projects are in partnership with Stroudwater Research Center down in Avondale, um, where that data is all cataloged and held to help make decisions about our streams. Uh, The road salt one that you mentioned, that's a fairly new initiative with Stroud. And that's seeing how salt in our streams might be affecting groundwater. So these are all different projects that our stewards can get involved, engaged in, in addition to all of their public outreach. So once Master Watershed Steward goes through our program, we expect them to be talking to their friends and neighbors, engaging them in these conversations around water resources, but also maybe attending community events like festivals and speaking forums and like helping make a difference in their community. So if we even rewind to that Japanese knotweed comment, our stewards involved in the Lehigh Valley Watershed Associations, they're constantly removing knotweed and replacing it with native plants. There's a big project being undertaken right now in Walnutport that um, we're, we're so excited because it's gonna be a walking tour of four different best management practices for riparian and buffers in partnership with the Watershed Coalition of the Lehigh Valley and the birch Hawk and Dock, Watershed Association.
0: Wow, that's a lot.
1: It's the Little Watershed with a big name.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, listeners, I'm hoping that you learned some interesting facts in this program this evening and that it encourages you to maybe take on some additional initiatives with your own use of water and the water in your neighborhood and what you're seeing going on in your communities. So I want to say thank you to Brad Kunzman, who is Extension Educator, Water Resources Expert, Master Watershed Steward. Thank you for taking the ba- the time tonight to do this, Brad, because I know your schedule is crazy.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much, Sally. Really appreciate you having me be on the show. Um, and if you're interested in becoming a Master Watershed Steward volunteer, we are actually running courses coming into 2024. So again, that extension.psu.edu website, just type in Master Watershed Steward Info Session and you can get signed up. Um, if for some reason you have difficulty there, mws at psu.edu. Just shoot an email off there and you'll be contacted by one of our staff.
0: Okay. Great. Listeners, thank you for taking the time to join us this evening, and you can find past episodes and other public affairs programming at WDIY.org and on major podcast platforms. I'm Sally Hanlon, and this is WDIY 88.1 FM.